Good job, Rachel. Wasn't that good? Now, Mark and Pastor Joe laughing at me about how big my writing is. And they said, I'm sure if everyone can read it. If you think you can read it, then just read my sermon tonight, all right? (laughs) (laughs) They just cheated. How are you all? You good? Wonderful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we get to come freely to worship you. And what a great time of worship that was. Father, another opportunity we get is to learn from your word. And Father, I pray that tonight as I speak from the word of God, that it will breathe life, that faith will rise, and that the person of the Holy Spirit will become even more real to people's lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, tonight's message is live with the Holy Spirit boldness. Mendy Dibaj was an Iranian who was converted from Islam to Christianity and was imprisoned by his, for his faith. He spent nine years in prison in Iran because he was a Christian, and most of that was in solitary confinement. In 1993, he was convicted of apostasy and was sentenced to death by the Islamic court. He actually wrote a defense to the court. It's actually fine, you find it in the New York Times. And uh, he wanted to write this, his defense to the court. I've only grabbed excerpts from the actual big uh, court paper presentation. Not a presentation at all. He's dying. Um, his defence. And uh, it's actually, it's quite remarkable. Here is a man who has been sentenced to, to be tortured because of his faith. And this is what he says to the court. I am a Christian. As a sinner, I believe Jesus has died for my sins on the cross and by his resurrection and victory over death has made me righteous in the presence of the Holy God. In response to to this kindness, he has asked me to deny myself and to be his fully surrendered follower and not to fear people, even if they kill my body, but rather rely on on the creator of life, who has crowned me with the crown of mercy and compassion. I would rather have the whole world against me, but know that the almighty God is with me. The God of Daniel, who protected his friends in the fiery furnace, has protected me for nine years in prison. And all the bad happenings have turned out for our good and gain, so much so that I'm filled to overflowing with joy and thankfulness. To know him means to know eternal life. Life for me is an opportunity to serve him, and death is a better opportunity to be with Christ. Therefore, I'm not satisfied to be in prison for the honor of his Sorry, therefore, I am not only satisfied to be in prison for the honor of his holy name, but I am ready to give my life for the sake of Jesus, my Lord. 
Wow. Here is a man who knows he's going to be tortured and killed for his faith, and yet he has that kind of boldness. Be encouraged tonight. Most of you are not going to go, if not all of you, can I say confidently, perhaps are going to be in a scenario like that. And um, I do see that what we see here is a man who knew his God and he knew what it was to have boldness in the Holy Ghost. If you think of yourself, well, I, I would, like I said, well, I could never do that. No, I probably couldn't either. But I know that this man had such a close relationship with God and the Holy Spirit that he was prepared to die for that faith. This boldness only comes through the Holy Spirit. And how do I know that? Because I know it personally. I, I, was, very, I was a very, very timid girl. They called me Nina the Timid One. And, um, and I was. I was very insecure. I was very, just because of circumstances and things that I seen, things that happened, that I became a very, very timid young girl. And, uh, and it wasn't until I was filled with the Holy Spirit that boldness entered my life. And tonight I want to share with you who he is. He's actually my best friend. What he came and what he's come to do and how he can help you and give you all that you need to live the life that Christ Jesus has asked you to live. And tonight I'm going to turn, I want you to turn to John chapter 14, 15 to 17. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And I think of this and I go, if I was lived on earth with Jesus, I would have gone, I would be, always feel safe. It would be awesome watching the miracles happen, eating with him, walking with him doing life with him, how awesome would that be? I think it'd be pretty awesome, hey? But this is what he's saying to his disciples before he goes to the cross. It's John 14, 15 to 17. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be with you, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you, never. So when Jesus went out to pray, he had to leave his disciples. When Jesus went to relieve himself, he had to leave his disciples. When Jesus had to spend time, family time, with certain ones that, that God the Father asked him to do, he had to leave the disciples. But he's saying to the disciples now that he is asking that the Holy Spirit of truth who will be with you as a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him immediately because he remains with you and he will live inside of you. You know, I have found this to be ever so true. That when I receive the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which we're gonna talk about through scripture, what that means, what it is, is that I have found that I had a constant friend. Yeah. 
a constant helper. John 14 through 15 through 16, it says that the Holy Spirit will come and he'll be our comforter, he'll be our helper, he'll be our teacher, he'll be our guider, he will be our reminder. That's the attributes of the Holy Spirit. And he will always be with us. You know, after Jesus' resurrection, he, he appears to his followers. So he's told the disciples, I'm going, but don't you worry, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. He appears to the followers after his resurrection and he's, he's with them for 40 days. He's having fish and chips. He's having long blacks. He's having lattes because he likes to try the blend. He's, he's with them for 40 days. And before he sends back to heaven, into heaven, he's, for the last time, he says this again to his Followers, and we read in Acts chapter 1, verses 1, chapter 1, verses 4, and then verse 8. Jesus instructed them, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about. Remember back in John, about the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, they have no idea, is he going to look like Jesus? He's going to have the same clothes, same looks, long hair, blue eyes? I don't know. Is he, what, you could imagine, I'm imagine, I, I imagine things. That's why I always have props. But tonight, I'm not having a prop because I feel not to have a prop. So you're going to imagine now, okay? You're going to imagine, they're thinking, what, who, what, how, Easy, and I could say I think that they're imagining that he's like another Jesus. All right, because that's all they know. He was with them; he helped them. But I, in verse eight, says, "But I promise you this: the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be seized with power. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem." Oh, the computer went crazy. <laughs> Sorry, give me a minute. You will be my my um, you will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant promises, and even to the remotest part places on earth. So I want to say what the, they 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 heard. Jesus said he's coming. Just wait, don't leave. He's speaking to about five hundred people here. Keep that number in mind. Five hundred people telling them they were disciples. And they were apostles, they were people, they were uh, um, people that were following Jesus, 500 of them, says wait. So the Greek word here for power is actually dunamis. It's where we get dynamic, it's where we get a, a, um, dynamite. You know, last night when I was preparing my sermon, I heard these bangs and I run to the front going, is there a gun? Is it, what is it? What is it? So that, that explosion caught my attention that I ran to the front. It was only fireworks. Not, not just only fireworks. It was fireworks. So that's what power does. It gets your attention. It, it's dynamite. It's power. That It's dunamis power that comes upon us when we receive the Holy Spirit. The synonyms of uh, power is also strength. Capacity, ability, potency, force, might, capability, 
and boldness. Did you know that, as I said to you, when he spoke to these 500 people, because in Corinthians it says it was 500 of them telling them, stay, wait for the power that will come from on high. In Acts chapter 2, just within the 10 days, we see that when the Holy Spirit falls, there's only actually 120 of them in the room. So what happened to the other 380? Yeah, couldn't wait. Just couldn't wait. Wanted to do it by themselves. Hiding probably, scared. Just, I'm just going to do it my own way. I'm just going to go and... Do start church myself. I'm just going to go minister myself. I'm just going to go and do what I want to do. But he said, wait. And I would have thought, you know, if that I was in that room when the Holy Spirit fell and then later heard about what happened, I would have been going, man, if only I waited. If only I waited for the power of the Holy Spirit that came upon them. When, when God says to wait, just wait. Don't book questions. Don't run ahead. Don't go and try and do it yourself because you actually miss out on the very best plan that God has for your life. You see, the promise came to pass. Jesus said, if you wait, power from on high will come. And the promise did come about when the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And we read here, that there was a life-changing, altering event upon these 120 people. And we, 2,000 years later, have the same life-altering event that happens to us when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when we ask for the Holy Spirit. We read in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, And on the day of Pentecost, they all filled together in one room, all the disciples gathered together in one place. And suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing in the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was, it was all that anyone could bear. Then all of at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes, and it separated into tongues of fire and it, that engulfed each one of them. And they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages that they had never learned. Peter was one of the men, one of the disciples who was in this room. He was impacted by the Holy Spirit. The power, the dunamis power fell upon them and they began to speak in the heavenly language that is available to each and every one of us as we ask God to fill us with the same Holy Spirit. Now, I want to concentrate and look on the life of Peter because Peter was one of the Disciples who walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, ate with Jesus, did life with Jesus, fished with Jesus. For three years, he spent time with Jesus. And yet, when Jesus was going to the cross, just, when, just before he went to the cross, we remember it was Jesus that it was Peter when he was questioned by the girl 
Do you know Jesus? I thought I saw you with Jesus. You were the little, you were the one that was with Jesus. I saw you fishing with Jesus. I saw you when you healed the blind man. You were with Jesus. No, no, not me. And when remember when Jesus said that, Peter, you would deny me three times. The first time he says, nah, that wasn't me. He says that he swore, nah, it wasn't me. You know, he denied. So this, this timidity had come upon him to deny who Jesus was. Now, Jesus was the same guy who had the sanguine personality or the choleric, the one that when the soldier came to Jesus and they were going to arrest him, he's the one who pulled the sword and cut the soldier's ear off. That's pretty bold, isn't it? So he's pretty bold to do that. He knows the consequences of doing something like that. But yet, very soon later, he's denying Jesus. So he went from boldness to timidity. Denial in a short matter of days or even hours. Fear came upon Peter. Fear comes upon us at times. We all are exposed to fear. We all are exposed to timidity, just like Peter. Peter Present, sorry, fear presents itself in many ways. Fear of rejection, fear of opposition, fear of suffering, fear of failure, just to name a few. But how do we live empowered by the Holy Spirit in boldness? Have you ever approached a situation with such boldness and then when it came to, when you got there, you know, in your head you rehearse, I'm going to do this, I'm going to say that, I'm going to be bold, I'm just going to confront that. And then when you get there, you go, oh, no, no. No, 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 I'm, I'm all good. No, what do you think? No, you, no, yeah, yeah, no, oh, that's good. No, no, oh, no, all good, all good, all good. You know, we, we shrink back. Peter was a little bit like, no, I don't know, no, no, I was me. It was, it's probably another guy, but not look like me, not doppelganger, not me, not me. You know, the fear had gra- grabbed him. Fear and, timidi- and timidity is a snare that keeps us down. I think of the timidity that comes upon us at times and shuts us down, closes us off from all sorts of opportunities and we live this life that is not of abundant, not a bold life, but a timid life. Jesus has come to set us free by sending the Holy Spirit to cause us to be bold. You know, boldness in the biblical sense is not a personality trait. Because we see Peter was bold. He had the personality trait. Cut a soldier's ear off. You've got to be quite bold, right? And then a few, few days, a few hours later, he's denying Jesus. So he's not necessarily a personality trait. You know, the Greek word for boldness is parahesia. Say it with me. Para- you can speak Greek. Means outspoken. Unreserved utterance, freedom of speech, frankness, cheer, full courage, and the opposite of cowardness. It is divine enablement that comes to ordinary people exhibiting spiritual power and authority. Parasia is not a human quality, but a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does when he comes upon you. He gives boldness upon you. Boldness is not a, it's not a personality trait. 
Boldness comes from the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, boldness is a behaviour born out of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you believe you're empowered with boldness, what it is is it determines that you can act in a certain way. I don't need to be fearful. I don't need to be timid. If you believe you are going to fail, you probably will. If you refuse to believe that the Holy Spirit has empowered you, right? if you refuse, then you will do it on your own, in your own strength. You're not good enough? No, I'm not good enough. You're not messed up? Too messed up. You're too broken? Too broken. You're not strong enough? Not strong enough. Very weak. You're too depressed? Too, 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 too depressed. You're not smart enough? You're not talented enough? You're not gifted enough? The odds are you will never fulfill the plan of God for your life. But he has come to give us Holy Ghost boldness, boldness to break through. You will be a prisoner to the way you think. You believe the Holy Spirit has come to give you boldness, that you will walk in that boldness. You will not fear. You will not question. You will go forth in the power and the boldness of the Holy Spirit. I remember my first pastoral visit in 1986, and I'd just come onto staff. I was very young, and came onto staff. And, uh, and I remember they said, oh, Nina, you've got, there was, generally you go with someone on your first visit, but so many different cir- circumstances happened that the person who was supposed to come with me couldn't come with me and said, well, you're going to go and visit this new Christian sister's address in, uh, uh, in, in Glind. And so I went there and I, and I looked at the house and I'm like, I have to go in there? Oh, like the grass was up to here, the dogs were up to there. Like, I was scared. I've got the Holy Spirit. Why should I be scared? Talking to myself in the car. I have Holy Spirit boldness. He's with me. He promised that he would give me boldness, and so I'm going to go into that that house, and I'm going to be bold. They gave their heart to the Lord that Sunday night, and so I was going to sit with them, answer any questions that they have, and help them in their Christian walk. So I knock on the door, and uh, it was a little bit of a, like, this sort of a knock, but I did it. I was actually really like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to walk into. No one actually knows I'm at this address. So I'm going, I never told anyone. So if they don't, they don't know where I am if something happens to me. You know all the things that rush through your mind? I was filled with boldness, but it just just quite set, it was back there when I was just knocked on the door. So I knock on the door and yeah, they were interesting characters and so uh, they sat me down and I was talking to the lady who gave her heart to the Lord and I said, you know, what made you respond and going through that? And then all of a sudden her, her other, the, the guy that was with her, quite a, a different looking sort of, sort of man, and um, he, he disappears and you know, for a moment, this is what went through my mind. He's gone to get a knife. He's going to stab you. No one knows that you're here. And you're going to die for the, for the name of Jesus. It's all for the name of Jesus. And I am, this literal scenario has gone through my mind that like as real as, as like real. So I'm listening to her and going. And then, and then I went, no. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I have the boldness of the Holy Spirit in me. So I started praying in my heavenly language inside of me. And all of a sudden, instead of going like this, I'm like, 
And hasn't Jesus made a big difference in your life? And you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I raised my voice, not to yell, but to actually in boldness and confidence. And I began to realize that I had the power of the Holy Ghost on me, in me, upon me. And I can lead this new Christian, this visit, with, with a sense of clarity and knowing that this lady and her offsider, wherever he disappeared to, could know more about God. He then, he then heard the raising of my voice with confidence it was, and he comes back and he sits down and I was able to really pretty much share with them how Jesus loved them and the, and the Christian walk and things. But for a moment there, I forgot that I had the boldness of the Holy Spirit with me. And that's what the enemy does. He will lock you into a place where you go, you can't do that, you can't say that, you can't speak up, and, and try and shut us down. But God says, no, I have given you boldness. You need to walk in that boldness. You need to step out and walk in the boldness. When you believe that the Holy Spirit empowers you, you can do all things in Christ Jesus, who's with you and upon you. And this is what we see happen to Peter. Peter went from cutting the soldier's ear off to denying Jesus to being in a room with 120, 119 of his people followers, disciples, and people. The Holy Spirit comes upon him, upon all of them. Great power and boldness fills their lives, right? And transformation came in one moment. And this is incredible thing that can happen, not only that happened to Peter, but happens to us. A transformation of boldness and empowerment comes upon our lives when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Revival began. The Holy Spirit took these timid disciples because they were hiding for a time because they were scared that the religious leaders and the authorities were going to come after them because of what happened with Jesus. And so they were hiding for their lives. And, And as they were in that place, the power of the Holy Ghost, power of the Holy Ghost came Upon them, and the boldness of the Spirit rested upon them. So they leave, they leave that room, and this is what happens. And this is what happens to us. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to live with Holy Spirit boldness to speak out. Holy Spirit boldness to speak out. In Acts chapter 2, verses 40 to 41, Peter's just coming out, and this is what happened. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words. Be rescued from your wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those who believed in the word that day numbered 3,000, and they were all baptized and added to the church. 3,000, mega church. That's That's when the church, New Testament church started. Bring it on. Bring it, boldness in the Holy Ghost. Goes from an upper room, filled with the Holy Spirit, to preaching, and not just a, Jesus will make you better. You have no worries. in No, he's like, repent and be saved. He's like throwing it in their face, like you wicked people, repent and be saved. Then all like 3,000 get born again in that one moment. We have the same power that was upon Peter, upon our lives, to speak. Let's look at the experience when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Peter walks out, right, and we see that he preaches to a whole lot of people, 
and they get saved and they turn to Jesus. It says that they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to continue to preach. These people were saved. The 3,000 that were saved, they were the same people, right? These 3,000 were the same people that saw Jesus do the miracles. Same ones. They were the same people who walked on earth with Jesus. They were the same people that experienced all the things that Jesus did, right? But they didn't believe. They just watched, they saw, but in that day, they all were born again. They all came to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is the day that the birth of the new church. And this is the great thing that happened. From that room, they were all scattered to all parts of the world. They were no longer all together in one place, but they were scattered with, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were scattered to preach the gospel all over the world. Number two, we will live with Holy Spirit boldness to pray for people. God's gonna send you people. He has already and he'll continue to send you people to pray for them. And you know, it's the Holy Spirit who's gonna give you the boldness to pray for them. In Acts chapter three, verses one to six, they go on, Peter and, the, and John go on, and they, this is what it says. And one afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for the three o'clock prayer meeting. And as they came to entrance called the beautiful gate, they were captured by the side of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money for those going in to worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. And Peter and John, bold with the Holy Ghost, said, Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. And then Peter said, I do not have money, but I will give you this power of the name of Jesus Christ of Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. We have that same authority and power to pray for someone who asks, or perhaps someone who doesn't ask, but you know they need prayer. We have that same power that resides upon us to pray for people. Take the opportunities. Most people, when they're sick or when they're faced with a tragedy, they won't say no to prayer. Very few people will say no if you ask, can I pray for you? And I had this experience last year. My neighbor came to me, came over and she said, you know, my husband's really, really sick. They've only given him months to live. And, and we know that Mark's a minister. Would he be happy to, to do the funeral? Would he be happy to, to bury him, to do the, the ceremony? And I'm like, yeah, of course you'll be happy. And, and I said to you, would it be okay if I came over and prayed for him? You know we believe in prayer. And uh, she goes, yeah, come. And so I went over and, and I prayed for him, you know, and I, I prayed a, 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 just a simple prayer, not a long prayer, but a simple prayer, but filled with the Holy Spirit, with boldness. And I would check up on them and give them meals and just, you know, see how he's going. And there was a period, over the period when my dad was passing, I was back and forth in Adelaide, so I lost a little bit of contact with them. And when I came back, uh, I went over, 
And I said, uh, I bought them a meal and, and she goes, I said, how is he? And this would have been about six months later. And she goes, oh, he's actually okay, you know. <laughs> and so I went in, they want, wanted me to sit and have a cup of tea with them. I went in and I saw him. And I, when I saw him the first time, yeah. he was death formed up. Like, he was like, oh, my gosh, they say months, I'll give him days. Like, he was really, like, I've never seen someone so sick and gaunt and so, like, even when my father-in-law, I never, he was on deathbed and he didn't look that bad. You know, he was like, oh, and you, well, she'd be in hospital. She would not be home. And so um, I went and saw him and he had a bit of colour, had a bit of, like extra weight, and that was six months later, and I'm like, this is so good, and I was able to just share faith with them and continue to, to pray and to just stand with them, and uh, I went last week again, and this, this is now 12 months, right, I've been going back and forth for 12 months, and I go in and bring some biscuits, and, uh, and I looked at him, and she goes, Nina, they say... He's okay. He's a, and so I was like, yeah, of course he's okay. I've been praying. And it was such a beautiful time. You know, and for a split moment, I thought, when, when I first asked to pray for him, and I, like, natural, I'm like, oh, God, you're going to do a big one on this one. His death warmed up here. Like, like you've got to really do something because I don't. But it's not up to me. It's up to the God who does the miracles. I've just got to be obedient, to be bold, to say, can I pray? Can I, can I feed you? Can I walk with you the journey? Can I encourage you? Can I, and that's, I want to encourage you that you all, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the same boldness. The same boldness to speak out. The same boldness to pray for someone. Right? And number three, live with the boldness, with Holy Spirit boldness in suffering. Boldness is acting by the power of the Holy Spirit in the face of some threat or when faced with unexpected situation. We know that suffering is just part of human life. Failure, Loss, losing a loved one, trauma, divorce, separation, mental or physical illness, relational dysfunction, addiction. At some point, we're going to suffer in life. Just because we're born again Christians, it doesn't mean we're in a cushion for the rest of our lives or a white cloud. We will walk through, we will walk through times when we suffer. But for Christians... We need to know that we're never alone and that God gives us the boldness to walk through that trauma, that situation, that life, that he is with us and that he will not leave us. But the boldness to face every day, whatever it is, Lord, I'm going to be thankful to you. I'm going to give you thanks. I'm going to give you praise. Boldness in suffering. Let's look at what happened to Peter and John. In Acts chapter 4, verses 1 to 4 says, The teaching and the preaching of Peter and John angered the priests, 
the captain of the, of the temple police and representatives of the Jewish sect of the Sadducees. They were all furious that the people were being taught that Jesus there is a resurrection, that in Jesus there is a resurrection from the dead. So while Peter and John were still speaking, the Jewish authorities came to the temple courts to oppose them. They had them arrested, and since it was already evening, they kept them in custody until the next day. Yet there were many in the crowd who still believed the message, bringing in the total number of men who believed to nearly 5,000. 3,000, now 5,000. But they, were, they didn't go home. They were in prison. They were suffering. And then one chapter later, for Acts 5, 17 to 21 says, And the high priest and the officials who formed the party of the Sadducees became extremely jealous over all that was happening. They were just trying to shut them down. So they had the apostles arrested, placed in chains, and thrown into jail. That's suffering. It wasn't the jails that we have today. Put it that way. No cushions. Everyone understood the implication the persecution and possible execution. But they didn't, they didn't hide. The group of people who just had a, an encounter with God, they didn't run and hide. No, they were filled with Holy Ghost boldness. And they began to pray with boldness. In Acts chapter 4, 29 to 31 says, And now the Lord looked upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were all gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Yeah. What do they do? They didn't hide. They just moved and prayed and believed God in great boldness. In suffering, they didn't, where are you, God? It's not, this, is, this is not what I thought would, it would be like. No, they walked in boldness. They continued to pray in boldness. They continued to serve God in, in boldness. Even when you suffer, the Holy Spirit will give you the boldness to continue to walk, the strength, the courage to continue to go in your life and see God at work, whatever the circumstance will come about. Their boldness astonished the Jewish authorities who then recognised that they had been with Jesus. I love that. And that's what it does. When you're bold in any circumstance, whether when you're speaking, when you're praying, or, or when you are suffering, people take note. People notice. What is different about you? What is different about you? I remember in Melbourne, um, you might have heard this story once before, and uh, I was in Melbourne with a friend, and uh, we went to a tra everything's train over there. It's a, a tram or train tr tram station, and we were there. And um, being at, at the uh, tram with my friend, and you know, we just wanted to go shopping. That's all. That's all my gender. I'm just going shopping. And then all of a sudden, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, "Take a step forward." So I stepped forward. And then all, and I grabbed my friend because she wasn't listening to the Holy Spirit, so I grabbed her. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, this, this guy just came from nowhere and karate kicked the, um, the glass uh, in, um, 
shelter there and began to swear and swear. And all of a sudden, and again, you know, that boldness came upon me and I began to pray in the, in the spirit and just have comfort and strength that God was with me. We're going to be okay. And I was saying, Penny, we'll be fine. Don't you worry. We're going to be fine. And just the power, just praying in the spirit. I didn't, I didn't attack him. I didn't shut him down. I didn't, um, you know, speak back at him. And as I just began to stand in the boldness of the Holy Ghost, he disappears. And everyone's just looking. He's supposed to do something. He's supposed to rescue me. But the power of the Holy Ghost was he was looking after us. You know, and that's the thing. You could be in a, a suffering situation, a difficult situation, but you have the boldness of the Holy Ghost always with you that you can call upon. I want the musos to come right now. God gives us spirit-empowered boldness. In fearful times, if you suffer with any fear, if you suffer with any depression, if you suffer with any anxiety, if you suffer, if you're a timid person, it's the power of the Holy Ghost that wants to come upon you and empower you. Not to be timid, not to be afraid, not to live in a situation that you became, become just depleted in, but rather the boldness of the Holy Ghost to come forth and, and be effective and to walk through those situations knowing that the power and the presence of God is with you. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he will give you the boldness to do what you can't do on your own. And that's what he does. 